Oh, my goodness. We've got two days in the books. We've got 32 games done. We've got 16 more coming this weekend, including on Saturday, uh, with eight more games at four different sites to be played. Welcome in. It is the nation's college basketball show and podcast. It's college basketball coast to coast. I am the somewhat despondent host, TJ Reeves, because my Memphis Tigers at the time that we're putting this show uh, together and putting it to bed for a Saturday airing have just been beaten by the Florida Atlantic Owls on a last second layup. FAU's Nicholas Boyd is the hero for their first ever NCAA tournament win as they snatched the game away from my Memphis Tigers in the closing moments as an alum. It was 30 years ago that Penny Hardaway's career ended in the NCAA tournament at the hands of Western Kentucky in the opening round. Well, now it's uh, Penny Hardaway as the coach and the Memphis Tigers beaten by Florida Atlantic in the 8-9 game. And the crazier part is the winner already knew we're going to get to play fairly Dickinson, the 16 seed in the second round for a spot in the Sweet 16 after fairly <laughs> Dickinson shocked Purdue uh, earlier in the <laughs> night in Columbus. Man, uh, gut punch, but I'm here nonetheless. I have posted. We are ready to talk all about it. Thank you for finding us, however you did so. Social media link. Uh, through our friends at lastwordonsports.com and the podcast uh, network there. Uh, Whether you found us through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, make sure that you're subscribed up because we've got content before and after games all the way through the NCAA tournament, all the way through the Final Four. I cannot do this by myself. You may have already heard him laughing, snickering, bickering something at me. Uh, Ari Russell is here. Coach Ari, I love his insight, especially uh, he is based out of the New York City area. He has been with me back since the Sirius XM days, now on tune in for the better part of a decade, uh, breaking down the Northeast, Big East basketball, been with me at the Final Four, et cetera. This is like a little group therapy, uh, you with <laughs> me here, a little figurative hand-holding First of all, kudos to your Miami Hurricanes. They got it done in come-from-behind fashion while losing to Drake in the opening round, where my Memphis Tigers did not get it done. So you get to smile, and I do not. Yeah, as far as the Canes are concerned, that was – like, I don't even know how they – they came across with a victory on that one because Drake did everything they needed to do, and – ACC player of the year, Wong, had like five points, one or two field goals made. Right. It was Miller was also nowhere to be found. O'Meara was not really there. And it was Pack and it was Poplar. The other two guys in the starting lineup that somehow offensively made it happen. And, you know, one by seven. They were only two point favorites. Let's go back to the Vegas odds. Somehow Miami has the five seed. The sexy pick was Drake. There hasn't been a single 12 seed to beat a five seed this tournament. Yep, it didn't happen. It didn't, didn't happen. happen. And in this but, case, Drake Drake couldn't make shots, Ari. Some of that was Miami's defense. Right. Uh, and and what the Canes, I think, closed on a 16 to 1 run. Yeah. Either 15 like to 1 or 16 yeah. to 1. Yeah. It was, they were it the was better. A big they were, look. The bottom line is they were the better team in the right. final five minutes. That's the same theme with Florida Atlantic over Memphis. That's the same theme with Fairleigh Dickinson over Purdue. This time of year, if you're the better team in a close game, you move on, survive in advance, and the other team goes yeah. home. I mean, the Purdue loss, like I, I, it's unbelievable. And we're going to be getting these 16 
over once more often now, obviously, because it's something that hasn't happened until five years ago. And now we got a second one. It's something that seems to be coming. Like with the 15 to 2 used to be the rare one, used to be one. It seems like the 16 to 1 is going to be the, the new 15 to 2. Because the way that it's happening now, like that, Flaherty Dickinson, no business beating Purdue. Purdue has the consensus player of the year on the team, and they just, they won. And it wasn't even, it wasn't like the, the UMBC game against UVA a few years ago where they won significantly. This was a close game, but it just shakes up the whole tournament. And as you, as being a Memphis person, like that game that you guys just lost, last possession game, it stinks because it's like now you're playing fairly Dickinson. You know, like you may have had a chance against Purdue, but it's like fairly Dickinson. You know, the winner of this game is going to move on. Yep, but uh, you got to go get it done, and Memphis did not uh, there in the stretch run. Uh, and you can probably look at a couple of other ones uh, too, because Xavier was in some trouble oh my uh, as well. But they they completely uh, that was I mean they put it together in the last five minutes the same way and so let's segue that because obviously yeah. I lean on you for the Big East you saw Xavier and Marquette in the Big East title game in the Garden in person yeah. and again that's an example in that matchup where Xavier was the better team in the final five minutes Sean Miller's team and that's why they're still alive moving on to the next round to play Pitt, who was very impressive. Pitt got out to a 22-2 lead, hello, on Iowa State and moved on. But, I mean, Kennesaw State was winning much of that game, winning by double figures in the second half. But right. you go down the stretch again, Xavier made all the plays and and got stops, and that's why they're moving on. And Kennesaw, Kennesaw State didn't get the upset that Florida Atlantic or Fairleigh Dickinson or Princeton yesterday got because they weren't the better team in the last five minutes. One more time. I'm not going to lie. I, I thought that after – Kennesaw State had that 14-point lead in the second half. I thought that Xavier was going to fall. I thought, like, from what I saw in the garden and everything like that, I was like, they don't have what it takes to come back to this. But, man, they made a lot of adjustments defensively. Sean Miller really did something as far as making the pressure on their on their defense, on the defensive side of the ball. They've made changes about 11 minutes into that second half, right? that really caused a lot of disruption for Kennesaw State. They started pressuring them way back up in like three-quarter court. And I noticed after they started doing that, that Kennesaw State wasn't able to score. In fact, they kept them from scoring for eight minutes in the stretch of that game, down the stretch. Eight minutes, Xavier kept a field goal from being scored from Kennesaw State, right? That was it. That was the game. They just chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Very deliberate on defense. Very deliberate on offense. Hitting some shots, just being very good, not turning the ball over. Creating a few turnovers on defense, but not too many. Just made it very difficult for Kennesaw State to be able to get a clear shot, getting the, not allowing them to get second chance points, which is something that they gave up a lot of in the first half. Not as many, especially in the last 10 minutes of that second half. And just they were just chipped away, and they just really wore them out. And again, uh, the play that gets focused on a bunch was a shot at the go-ahead bucket 
going to the basket for Terrell Burden is his yes. name of Kennesaw State. And Jack Nungy, the big seven-footer for Xavier, who you saw at the Garden, he blocked the shot. Yes. They got the loose ball. They got fouled. They made free throws. And then they clinched the game with two more free throws in the final right. second of the game to win by five. Uh, in this one. So Xavier is moving on again. Yeah. Ari Russell uh, hanging with me. I, I just, I want to lean on you for the big East a little yeah. bit and talk a little more about what else we saw on Friday yeah. and then look ahead to Saturday just for a second or two Marquette. They had some problems in the first half shaking Vermont, but eventually they did shake Vermont as the oh, two yeah. seed in what is now a fairly open East, but with Purdue losing so tell me, give me a couple of words about Marquette. They get an opening round win uh, yeah. for Shaka Smart and company as the two seed. First 10 minutes of that game, Vermont kept it tighter. But really, Marquette just, especially in the beginning of the second half, just really took over and it just made it, just kind of wrung them out. It, and it was a game that really had no balance as far as any shot for Vermont to even come back in that game. It was... You know, Marquette looked a really good two seed and took care of business, took care of an early flurry from Vermont, didn't allow them to really catch any breathing room. You know, and that's how this goes. Like, when you have these higher-seeded teams, the longer they keep in, keep it close, the more it gets to, like, what's going to happen, right? Marquette really didn't give Vermont that much space. After the first 10, 15 minutes of that game, they, they had enough of a margin and they never gave it up. And they just extended it, especially at the beginning of the second half. It was never really a question. It just didn't seem like a, a type of game that Vermont was really going to challenge them on anything. And they really just took care of business as a two-seed show, unlike Arizona did against Princeton. Well, right. And and, and <laughs> yeah. the same can be said of, uh, of oh, Purdue. Purdue and uh, the same right. the same way uh, yeah. in this. So again, Marquette moves on to play Michigan State, who won the first yeah. game up on That's the floor in Columbus. Great matchup. That's an intriguing <laughs> matchup, obviously coming for Sunday as Michigan State got it out a win over Southern Cal and Izzo, such a legendary March coach uh, yeah. to match X's and O's against uh, Shaka Smart. Creighton also a winner over yep. NC State. I mean, the Big East. You, Let me I tell mean, you, that game was great. That was okay, a great so ball game. On that one. Yep. Oh yeah, like uh, Smith on on NC State, just unbelievably played such with so much heart, and he had a couple plays at the end of the game, dunked over the big guy on Creighton, blocked a shot at the end of the game. Just wasn't enough, you know. Creighton just you know really didn't shoot the ball well. Neither team shot the ball well at all throughout the game. Probably under thirty five percent from three. Really bad for both teams. But Creighton hit about two big threes at the end of the game. That was really the difference. Um, but Smith and the big guy for Creighton, it was it was back. It was it, it was. was one of the best games on Friday. But Smith what to me was like if only anyone else came up to show. Yeah, Traquavion, Traquavion Smith had 32. Yeah. Ryan Kalkbrenner is who you're talking about. I think he had 34. He had, Did he had 32? Uh, he had 32, according to what I see. Kalkbrenner yeah. had 31, 30. seven right. rebounds, three blocks. Three they blocks. needed all of it. They got some stops. They made some free throws at the end. Yeah. So Creighton yeah. moves on. 
And I'll tell you this, UConn, UConn. Yeah. UConn may have played the best half offensively of anybody on Friday in one full half. That second half, second half was dumb. I mean, Iona could not guard them. That was part of it. They were making threes. They were sharing the ball with extra passes and layups. They were playing with confidence. I mean, UConn put 50 on Iona with ease in the oh, second yeah. half. And so now they will move on to play St. Mary's in Albany on Sunday. So give me, I mean, that's four big East wins right there from yeah. Friday. Yeah. Tell me something about UConn real quick. Danny Hurley's I team. I was surprised. I thought that, you know, like Iona was keeping it tight for about the first half of the second half, really. Really with 10 minutes in, it was a pretty tight game in the second half. And then UConn just opened it up and it made it insurmountable. To them, like they just sealed them off, no second chance points, made it very difficult for Iona to score, just beat up, and on the offensive side, just executed as well as you could. They really, as far as like the Big East teams are concerned, like that second half, that second part of the second half that UConn had was as good as any team has played so far that I've seen in the tournament. Anybody, not just in the Big East, but anybody, like it was really good, really. On point, they just were really together, and I was very impressed with that. Um, so, you know, we'll see. They got a tough second-round matchup. You know, like, it's a different ball game now. So, but the way the Big East played, you know, first round of the tournament, first, you have to give your hats out to them. I, I was really impressed by Xavier. Like, in my opinion, Xavier, I thought that they were going to lose that game. I thought they were going to be out. Kennesaw is a really good team, really well-coached team. Not physically. like It's not one of those teams that just, like, sneaks in. Like, reminds me of kind of like the Florida Gulf Coast players. Mm-hmm. Like, athletically, they're right there. It's a program that I think is really developing in a way that they get guys that really physically aren't that far off from from, you know, the second-place team in the Big East. And they just couldn't get it done. The conversation continues again in a moment, but first let's tell you about our friends at Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. If you are looking to go to any of those NCAA tournament sites this weekend, whether that's all the way up in Albany, New York, all the way out to Sacramento, California, or anywhere in between from Birmingham to Columbus, Ohio, to Des Moines, Iowa, to Orlando, Florida, any of those locations, think about using Ticket Smarter to get into those March Madness games. And the reason you want to do that is they've got a 100% guarantee on customer service satisfaction and your purchase and the most competitive prices on the secondary market as well. Just find Ticket Smarter, the Ticket Smarter mobile app, and we're going to make it worth your while as well. Take $10 off your order with our promo code HOOPS23. That's HOOPS23 for $10 off your order, and you can use this as many times as you want with Ticket Smarter and the mobile app. Again, you've got great customer service. You've got a 100% guarantee. The most competitive prices on the secondary ticket market for all these great games. The mayhem of March and the madness, not just here, but the Sweet 16 Elite Eight round that's coming. Final Four in Houston. Remember Ticket Smarter and the Ticket Smarter mobile app. We want you to think smarter, ticket smarter, and take $10 off with our promo code HOOPS23. Uh, again, give credit to Xavier for doing what they had to do. UConn had Sonogo making all the big shots. They hit a bunch of threes. They hit, I believe, six of them in the second half 
uh, yeah. in scoring those 50 points. Uh, and again, it only reinforces something I keep talking about. This is an obvious point. It's not just Villanova. Uh, the These guys all made the right decision to break away uh, from the whole football thing and go with their own basketball conference because here are four teams. I know Providence did not get it done against Kentucky. That was more about uh, Kentucky and Shebway underneath with the rebounds and the guards making enough shots. But good Lord, when you get four teams, and I know Marquette and Xavier were high seeds, and and Creighton again was a six, uh, and UConn but was a like... four, but they all won their games. And what that says to me is the, I mean, again, these guys made the uh, the right decision here to break away, be a basketball conference, be a power conference, which they built it into. They lured UConn back to them as a basketball conference, so. Give the Big East a lot of credit for the for the the real risk that the likes of Villanova and Georgetown, St. John's, Providence, Seton Hall, plus Marquette and DePaul, those seven, nicknamed the Catholic Seven, they said, hey, we want to go back to being Big East basketball. We don't care anymore about having football programs and a hybrid. Right. We want to be basketball, and we're going to entice Creighton, and we're going to entice Xavier, and we're going to entice UConn to come back eventually, which they did. And now, lo and behold, it's worked out for the Big East. Yeah. That's for yeah. sure. One final thought on that before we wrap it up on Thursday and look ahead to Friday for just a second. Well, let me tell you, like, um, these teams, like, honestly, like I was saying earlier, like, Creighton was in a battle with NC State. Very similar team to them as far as, like, grittiness. Um, not quite as athletic on the front side as NC State is probably equal in the backcourt. I just think that the Big East is a conference that has the ability just, especially in these short, when you start to, to shorten these games out, to really be able to, to focus in. Like, I'm not sure, like, a lot of people have created a team like Creighton to make it to the Final Four. Like, that's kind of like an under, like an underground pick. Creighton, and you're looking at how things are laying out. Like, possibly they can. They have the big guy. they got good guard play. Look at Marquette. Marquette has a deep team. Ashrock is smart teams usually do. Run 9-10 deep. Good guard play. Good defensively. Put pressure on the ball. Create turnovers. Can't shoot the ball at high percentages when they need to. You know, UConn, big, good rebounding. Good defensively on the perimeter. Another team that can hit shots in the perimeter. Like, they have got teams you got to look out. Like, it really is a, a conference at this point, you know, especially as what we've seen. I can see them advance this week 16. All four of the teams that we saw this week, the Thursday and Friday, I can see all four of them. All right, we'll see if they are in the mix. And again, Rick Pitino uh, may be about to become the St. John's coach. He was noncommittal uh, when asked after the game, is this it for you at, I at Iona? A lot of belief is he is going to be the St. John's new coach and may be back involved in the Big East as he once was uh, with Providence. Hey, back to the Fairleigh Dickinson upset. Again, you mentioned right. UMBC, Maryland-Baltimore County upsetting Virginia. Uh, and that game was a shock uh, just from how decisive it was. Again, this was a a back-and-forth game. I think this needs to be said. Uh, Matt, Matt Painter now has an unfortunate track record of blowing games 
Uh, it's kind of it's the reason why John Thompson the third got run out of Georgetown because he kept blowing March games against double digit seeds in the Big East tournament and the NCAA tournament. Are you ready, Ari Russell? Matt Painter has now lost to a twelve in uh, uh, Little Rock in the NCAA tournament. Has lost to a thirteen in North Texas uh, about three years ago or four years ago, and now has lost in back to back years to a fifteen seed St. Peter's, where he had four days to prepare. After St. Peter's had beaten Kentucky and had beaten Murray State, he got to look at two games for four days of what they were doing, and they still got beat anyway. And now against a 16 seed in Fairleigh Dickinson, who he got to watch play a first four game a couple of nights ago. And they, they I mean, they were tentative, Ari. They they were unwilling to uh, to run a lot of offense. They had players standing around in the final four minutes of the game. Um, he did a couple of questionable things. Again, Memphis did plenty of questionable things at the end of the game with, with uh, not getting a substitute in the game, uh, with, uh, with the turnover at the end of the game. But, I mean, Matt Painter used both of his timeouts a- at the end of the game in a three-point game where you might have still wanted one of those in the final 20 or 30 seconds, and you're, and you're sitting back going, this is why you lose. These are these – are, uh, critical mistakes that you're making uh, as a coach or as a team repeatedly in these kind of situations. I think the criticism is fair and valid now that, I mean, he's lost to a 12 seed, a 13 seed, and now back-to-back years to a 15 and a 16 when you shouldn't be losing more than maybe one of those games, uh, much less four of them in a sample size. Quick thought on that? Yeah, like it's a shame because of his overall record you know, as the coach of Purdue and where he has taken his team as far as like, as far as like their seedings are. And he's lost a lot of games as a, as a higher seed. And Purdue has never, even with Gene Cater, has never gone to final four, mm-hmm. you know, but like he, like, has he ever gone to the elite eight? Uh, in Painter's case, uh, what? Yes, they lost to Virginia in the Elite right. Eight game, twenty nineteen. So, so he was so there, won there once. Right, he was there on the verge of it. And, and I'm not and saying he's not success. I mean, look, they won the Big Ten regular season, they won the Big Ten tournament. But those that want to criticize, what are you do doing losing to St. Peter's in that scenario that, that I described? And what are you doing losing, doing to, losing Fairly, to Fairly Dickinson? Fairly Dickinson. Right, I 16, mean, that's, Mike. The only Man. thing I could think of is that next year they're going to win the national championship. <laughs> kind of like, like Virginia. Tony Bennett. Yeah, same thing. Maybe. Like they lost. Uh, they lost, and then everyone questioned Tony Bennett. And even this year, like they lost to Furman. Even to question Tony Bennett, is he on the hot seat? He actually has the national title under his belt. Matt Painter isn't there, but he's in a similar situation as Tony Bennett is. Even though Tony Bennett probably had a little bit more further success than Painter has. Painter really needs to get into a Final Four the next year or two. You can't fire him. The guy is always there. Like, no. That's ridiculous. Who else but, are you replacing him with? Come on. But, like, but there's valid criticism right now of yeah. what is up in March, and it's got to be it's got to be better. Uh, a couple moments left. Ari Russell hanging with me. It is college basketball coast-to-coast. It's in the aftermath of the a litany of 16 Friday games. All right, are you ready for Saturday? We've got eight games on Saturday. I'm just going to run them down real quick. It begins in Orlando with the two games, Furman, San Diego State, Duke, Tennessee. It then continues with Arkansas and Kansas in the game in Des Moines. Arkansas 
uh, trying to maybe pull an upset of another number one seed with the Kansas Jayhawks. Princeton and Missouri, a lot of people favoring this. Auburn to beat the one seed. Houston, who's damaged goods with the injury to Marcus Sasser and also Jamel Shedd. Um, another He's one of the players too. also hurt. Auburn, a home away from home situation in Birmingham, an hour away from their campus. Uh, they will play first on the floor, by the way. Alabama will play second on the floor as the one seed with Maryland. Also, Penn State and two seed Texas Northwestern and two seed UCLA. Give me a thought or two on Saturday in the preview mode. Wow, that's a lot. Uh, That Auburn game with Houston, considering it's in Birmingham, mm-hmm. and considering that Houston has a lot of injuries, like that's that's a Bruce Pearl total matinee. Like that's that's a total toss up for Bruce Pearl for for him to grab it. You know, that's one of those knocking off a one seed in the second round. Like that one is ripe. But look, like Houston was really challenged in that first round with the injuries. And they really came through. They had the big shots, made big defensive plays. Like they didn't really shake. They didn't they they shook off whatever type of challenge. But my question is, is that with the guard play being so banged up, with Sasser clearly being ineffective. I don't know what his effectiveness is moving forward. With Shred being hurt, like you really are lacking guards. They got guys, it's a deep team. It's Kelvin Sampson, very well coached team. But dang, like uh, that matchup right there is just really with Houston just not being 100% and it being in Birmingham. All right, and I'm- Auburn was a team, was a preseason top 10 team. Like, let's not put that out there. Like, they struggle, but they're here. They're playing at home. It's Bruce Pearl and tournament. It's had a lot of success. Like, this is dangerous for Houston. I yes. really like Auburn in this one. No doubt. As far and- as, like, anyone going down on Saturday, Auburn, to me, seems to be the most legitimate pick. Yeah, Kansas and Arkansas will be interesting in Des Moines. Will Bill, that's close, too. Will Bill Self be able to coach? And Arkansas is long. They've got height. They're long. Can they disrupt some things uh, against Kansas? We'll see. We're curious, too. Uh, it will probably be electric in that building in Orlando. I was there Thursday. Uh, Furman will probably have half the building. I mean, San Diego is 3,000 miles away. San Diego State maybe had a couple of hundred fans behind their bench. Furman, they can drive to Orlando, and they probably were driving on Friday night and Saturday morning to get in yeah. there. They'll probably have half the building, uh, and then Duke, and, and then Duke and Tennessee will be right after that. And so those are two spots in the Sweet 16 that are going to be up on that floor in Orlando. I'll be fascinated yeah. to see that uh, unfold. The way Duke is playing, Duke is playing. The way they're playing is like. They should discard Tennessee. They should, because Tennessee is not 100% either. And the way Duke is playing right now, they put Roach off the ball. He's not playing the one. He's kind of off the ball now. And we've seen since Shire made that adjustment, which is interesting because they made a similar adjustment Coach K did with Shire uh, and Noel Smith. And uh, they made 
Smith off the ball, where Smith used to be on the ball, used to be the point guard, and they kind of flipped him, and they won the national title that year. Mm-hmm. Duke is playing that way, and they finally put Roach off the ball, and you're seeing Roach playing at a high level. I mean, he basically carried them in that first round. Uh, <laughs> and Tennessee is in full strength. Like, Duke is dangerous. Like, Duke at this point is, to me, is, is a team that easily can make it to the Final Four. I, I saw them Not firsthand. Easily, they've got uh, look. They've got length. They've got experience yep. uh, with Roach and with a couple of other players. And then they've always got the freshman coming in. I mean, uh, lively as a shot blocker. Filipowski's got a lot of tools. He didn't even have that big a game against Oral Roberts. And let's see what he looks like against Tennessee, which is a gritty team without their point guard with uh, Ziegler out for the year with yep. the injury late in the year, the knee injury. Uh, we'll see about that. And again, the two seeds, Texas, uh, in action here. Uh, coming up um, in, in the matchup with Penn State, who's red hot. That'll be interesting. And UCLA Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern had such a tremendous season down the stretch in the final two months of the year, and they got an opening round win with Boise State. But UCLA was very impressive against UNC Asheville. They can guard. They've got experienced players. Those are a couple of the games coming up on Saturday night. Listen, we have uh, we've gone over all of it. You've done well with the group therapy. It'll probably still take me a few more hours to get over Memphis blowing the game with Florida Atlantic. Credit credit the Owls for the win. I mean, we we saw some craziness. Uh, I mean, again, Fairleigh Dickinson ends it for Purdue. The Big Ten regular season and tournament champs, they're gone. The Pac-12 tournament champs, Arizona, beaten by a 15-seed Princeton. I mean, the, ma- the madness is everywhere uh, around us, and let's see if it continues on Saturday into Sunday. Ari Russell, I appreciate it. Thank you for the help breaking it all down. I hear late night Friday, Saturday preview on college basketball coast to coast. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, that will do it. That will wrap it up here. Again, we get ready for eight more on Saturday. We'll come back after it's all over with and get ready for Sunday as well. little recap mode, little Sunday with eight more games, including the upstart uh, Fairleigh Dickinson Florida Atlantic game for somebody to go to the Sweet 16. Let's see what happens with that. But you'll also have uh, some other teams in action, too, uh, in the upper echelon on Sunday. Looking forward to seeing uh, what UConn will do with St. Mary's, what Marquette will do with Michigan State. Uh, We talked about Xavier and Pitt coming on Sunday, all of that coming on Sunday. Let's see what happens on Saturday first. It is the nation's college basketball show. It's college basketball coast to coast. Follow, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. We're streaming on the TuneIn channel as well. TuneIn's channel, college basketball coast to coast. You can hear this show anytime, all the way through March, all the way through the Final Four. For Ari Russell, he's at Ari Russell on social media. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with both of us on College Basketball Coast to Coast.